Hello, my name is Andrew Gary and welcome to Seismic Sound Off, in-depth conversations in applied geophysics. This episode of Seismic Sound Off is sponsored by Ion Geophysical. Ion Geophysical is a pioneer in full waveform inversion, an advanced model estimation technique that reduces exploration risk while enabling more effective development decisions. The ION suite of FWI technologies provide highly accurate models of the subsurface by utilizing the entire wave field, powering deeper and more robust model estimation across a range of acquisition configurations. Learn more about full waveform inversion by typing ION FWI, ION FWI into your favorite search engine. For this episode, I speak with John Britton, contributor to March's The Leading Edge. March's special section returns to a common and major topic for TLE, full waveform inversion. John highlights the advantages and disadvantages of several FWI approaches, discusses the possibilities and limitations of the technique, and explores the common themes across the seven papers. John Britton received a bachelor degree in physics from the University of Birmingham and a PhD in geophysics from Imperial College London. He was also part of Imperial's pioneering efforts in full waveform inversion. John joined ION in 2013, where he is Vice President, Europe and Africa in the Imaging Services Division. To read this month's special section, visit library.seg.org. Subscribers can read the full articles in the SEG library and everyone can read the abstracts for free. Now for our conversation. So full waveform inversion, it's no stranger to the special sections at SEG. Back in 2016, we had to split the topic between two editions, and this special section has seven papers. Why is there such sustained interest in this technique among geophysicists? Yeah, I think well, it's because FWI, I think, I think most people think with FWI, we can, to use a phrase, we can solve seismic. I mean, we, we've, we, you know, it fundamentally offers us the ultimate resolution we can get from the data we record because it uses all the data. So we're using all the amplitude, using all the phase, we're using all the data basically. You know, but but like any geophysical technique, it's not, you know, it, it's not that easy. It's you can't just do it straight off. And we've we you know it doesn't operate in a vacuum either. And it's evolved. I mean, I worked on FWI when I was a student twenty plus years ago, and it's evolved an awful lot since then, and it continues to evolve. And that, that evolution, and that's what we tried to capture in the paper, is about how it's evolved because it's, about, it's not just about how we learn to use it and then how the techniques evolve because the, tech, the algorithms evolve to deal with all kinds of different types of data. But it also evolves in terms of what value we get out of it and understanding what, where FWI brings a certain type of value and where it brings a different type of value. And I think that's one of the things that, that we're seeing a lot now is, is, is an understanding and change in that understanding. I was taken in your bio that you worked on FWI as a student. Were you talking about FWI differently back then than you are now, or were you still thinking that it had all the possibilities to solve all of these? Oh no, no, absolutely. We th- we thought it. We thought at the time that it had all the possibilities to solve things. I, I mean, I I can remember sitting in an office with my sort of the, the two supervisors I was working with, and we'd. One of the other student, one of the other postdocs, has got a nice FWI example to work, and everyone was very excited. It's like, I mean, literally, one of our professors said, "We've solved seismic. We've, you know, it's 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 that exciting." But the reality of 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 making it work every day, practically industrially, and getting out 
a a result that is this is meaningful and useful is is obviously a very different thing. It's like air, but it's it's the same with any geophysical technology. It's the same, you know, whatever whatever you geophysics. If you look th- look at the way the you know the way removing multiples, removing noise, removing you know doing deghosting, anything that we do as part of a, a, a processing imaging project as a geophysicist, we start with a relatively simple technique. And then as we as the time moves on, these these things tend to get more sophisticated and tend to get into tend to broaden out into a more of a toolkit, you know. You have chosen a very difficult discipline. No, not really. <laughs> I when I when I when I well, because I was did my first degree in physics and when I, I then the, was was decided to go into geophysics as a postgraduate, my tutor at college, who was a he considered himself a proper physicist because he was a particle physicist, was appalled that I was going to do geophysics because he thought it was a very easy subject. So you discuss a quote from Arthur Weglin and TLE from going back to October 2013, where he states, all the current approaches to so-called full waveform inversion are always using the wrong data, always using the wrong algorithms, and all too often using the wrong Earth model as well. This quote is almost six years old, but how does this quote now hold up today and relate to the current state of FWI? It's as valid today as it was six years ago. I mean, six years doesn't feel like a long time to me, but it is, <laughs> it is absolutely as valid today. I mean, um, the vast majority of industrial FWI that is done in, today is still as wrong as Professor Vigline state, states in that, in that quote. But it is slowly changing, and I think that's, that's what we're seeing. I mean, particularly what we're seeing, we've seen a shift in the last couple of years. We've been seeing a big shift in the world of seismic acquisition towards the ocean bottom, towards ocean bottom nodes in particular. And all that extra multi-component data, you know, can in principle be used and be helpful to us in terms of dealing with a more elastic view of the world. I've just come back. I just spoke at the SEG workshop on the near surface, which was in Bahrain last weekend. I was one of the speakers there. And there were a number of papers there about elastic after we were about using, you know, dealing with the near surface, which is in particularly in, on land, is a, can be particularly elastic, um, and dealing with the surface waves in a full waveform inversion context as well. So the, the Earth models and the algorithms, they're all improving. You know, as we get better computers, bigger computers, we can do things in a more sophisticated manner. However, I always show that quote in my FWI talks. I showed it at the weekend and it, because it keeps you humble, because you realize you know, you're making approximations. And it reminds us also of how far we need to go. Because, you know, we still are making these approximations and we have to remember that we're doing that. Could you explain what you mean by FWI offering different value depending on the geologic situation? Yeah. I mean, this comes back to sort of my comment earlier about getting the value out of FWI. And it's different depending where you are. I mean, sometimes when we're trying to image the Earth, sometimes the Earth is friendly. Okay. Um, we can do, we can use some what now you would consider relatively basic model building and imaging techniques. So we could use NMO, we can use vertical updates, things like that, and a pre-stack time migration. And in certain places, that will give you a really quite nice image of the, of the, the inside of the Earth, really quite detailed, quite nice image of the inside of the Earth with what is a relatively unsophisticated technique. And so at that time, you think, well, hold on a I minute. Mean, why, what, what's FWI going to bring me here? I can already get a nice image of the Earth. What's FWI going to bring? Well, FWI is always going to bring you more resolution in your velocity model. And it's going to bring more accuracy. It's going to be a more highly resolved, more accurate velocity model. But if you then re-migrate your data, it's, again, you, you uplift your structural image in those instances 
might at first instances, you might think, well, again, you'd be disappointing. And I think this is some of the, the thing with FWIs is at times people have done FWI and then remigrated their data and got their new image out and gone, oh, oh, actually, that's not much better than I thought it was going to be. But what we found actually is where the value comes in, all that extra information in your Earth model is actually further down the line. If you get into the reservoir characterization parts of the, of the flow, when you're doing poor pressure prediction, or you're doing some kind of acoustic impedance inversion or something like that, having all that extra information or having all that extra detail in Earth model suddenly makes a big difference. And that's, that's where the value comes. And I think one of the examples we showed in, in the paper in, in the leading edge and something we, we published a previous example in, in first break a couple of months ago as well, they all show that same thing, is that the value in those situations is, is, is in the reservoir characterization. But there's another extreme. If you go to the other extreme, the other extreme is where we've got very hard, very high, high impedance contrast bodies um, with complex three-dimensional geometry. So big, big, difficult salt bodies, yeah, basalts, carbonates, uh, chalk bodies, things like that, but then with complicated 3D geometries as well. In those places, they're difficult to image whatever, and it, however accurate your Earth model is. And just that's where the value in FWI is getting a bit more accuracy in your Earth model, and that can make the big difference because it actually improves your image. So you've sort of got these two end members where the value is really quite different in FWI. And, of course, then there's a whole world of examples in between. But, but you do find this, this, the, the, the value can be quite different. Speaking of value, that's kind of what you and your co-author Ian Jones kind of go into your paper of highlighting the features, advantages, and disadvantages of several FWI approaches. What stood out to you in writing up that section, and did something new occur to you while writing up your research? I think I think what stood out is that is how far we've come. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, we we as a as as an industry as a as a group of scientists working with FWI, pretty much all started with a, a least squares FWI, which is used, which predominantly based, uses the refraction, the transmitted energy. And I think when you see, when the, the, one of the things we tried to do in the paper was say, okay, actually now there's all these other flavors. There's all these other ways of doing FWI, that, but you don't use them in isolation. You generally use them as a, as a whole. And I think that sort of stands out in terms of, okay, now the toolkit, everything's expanded and there are lots of ways we can do this and we can put all these different tools together in different combinations and, and get a good result. But the, other, but the thing that sort of you also realize is that there's still a lot of things that, there's a lot of challenges still. There's still a lot of things that we need to deal with, that we need to sort of get past and so on and so forth. Uh, in particular, you know, we still, we, you know, it's a very nonlinear inversion we're trying to do. We're trying to solve a very, very difficult inversion um, system. And that it's very prone to cycle skipping. It's prone to, to sort of ending up in the wrong place in the inversion. It's very prone to how good your data is, and particularly how good your data is at low frequencies, because the low frequencies contain so much important information about the Earth model themselves, itself. And, you know, having good quality data, you know, all the time, it always, always comes back to, you know, you know, there's only so much you can do with, with the data you've got. And also, you know, the, the, the sort of there's this great undiscovered country in geophysics that we we sometimes don't talk about, which is uncertainty. And, you know, we work, a lot of us, with an industry that is all about risk. You know, you go talk to somebody in an old company, they'll talk to you about risk. They'll talk to you about the risk of this particular prospect and so on and so forth. 
And yet, as a geophysics industry, we spend an awful lot of time going, right, here's your answer. That's it. There's no, there's no mention of the uncertainty of the answer. It's just, here's your answer. And somebody asked me about this at the workshop in Bahrain at the weekend and said, okay, you know, how, how about putting a measure of uncertainty after you are? And yes, you know, we, we mathematically, algorithmically, we know how to do that. And we can run stochastic methods and we can, you know, use Bayesian approaches and we can get, you know, measures of uncertainty. But it costs money. Getting people to say, okay, here's your answer. And actually for an excellent amount of dollars more, then you get your uncertainty. That's quite not one of the things where we've, we've quite got to as an industry yet. But uncertainty as well is a, is, a, is a big thing that we haven't really done a lot, of, you know, spent a lot of time exploring and showing and showing, particularly showing how to, you know, visualization of it and explaining it is quite difficult. So you've been studying FWI for decades now. Another person that, that might, <laughs> maybe that seems like a long time period over six years, <laughs> but you have all this experience and knowledge about FWI, you know, someone that maybe has also been working on FWI a long time is something that might even surprise them based on your research and what you've been discovering or what you wrote about in this month's TLE? Um, I think they might be surprised if it, it depends how they use it. I mean, we, you know, we use FWI, you know, we, we're, a, we're an imaging company. So we use FWI, you know, we are, and we are generally not also, we're not really an acquisition, you know, we don't acquire the data ourselves. Generally, we just get the data we're given. And the vast majority of imaging projects now have FWI in the basic flow. So FWI is like a, it's like a given. It's become like a given in the flow. And so we have to do FWI on whatever data we have. And that data sometimes can't be good or can be good, bad, or ugly, like all data can be good, bad, or ugly. And I think maybe the thing that surprises is, is how adept we, adept we are at taking the various different tools and putting them together in different orders to try and get the best out in a particular, you know, in a particular terms of a particular data set and in the terms of a particular geological problem that they're trying to solve. Because as I said, the way FWI behaves is very different relative to, you know, in one geological situation, say, you know, uh, some relatively simple velocities with some gas in it or something like that relative to trying to go underneath a very complicated 3D salt body and so on and so forth. And I think the, the key is being pragmatic and saying, okay, we're going to take these different tools and put together them in a different order and do things with them. And, and I think that's, that's the sort of, yeah, that might be the, the thing that people find interesting, I hope. Do you currently see FWI as a providing useful value to a seismic imaging and processing project? Absolutely. I mean, always. I, I think, I think it, it, it has, like I say, it's become part of the standard imaging flow and it always brings some kind of value. Now, it's, it's, it's almost now an educational thing to explain that that value may differ. And I think that's one of the key things that we as an industry are having to try and do is talk about that and say, actually, you know, your, the, 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 the cliche of a mileage may vary. Absolutely, your mileage may vary. And what it is, is actually where you see the, see the FWI bringing that value may, may, may be different depending on the project. And you've got to be aware of that because sometimes otherwise people can, you know, it's like anything. FWI has a certain reputation. You know, we, we can solve seismic, come back to the cliche, we solve seismic with it. Okay, well, we, you haven't solved my seismic. Why haven't you solved my seismic? What's wrong with it? Is it wrong? Is it, is it oversold? Is it like anything? You know, you've always have to, like any technology, it's, it's like, you know, why isn't it there now? Why isn't it make it work instantly? And it's, it, again, it, a lot of the thing now is explain, okay, 
this is where the value comes. And absolutely, I think myself and Ian would all say it brings some value somewhere. You know, any project, it brings some value somewhere. It's part of your standard workflow now. So it's well, absolutely. Clear. And I think that's the thing is, you know, and, and you know, we, we, can, we can move things quickly and, you know, the, the computers, you know, make the, the compute makes such a big difference because you can go, okay, we can do this stuff now. A few, even a few years ago, it took forever. You know, we can do pretty quickly now. How do these papers in the special section, and if you can't speak to that, this is fine, but in regards, especially to the case studies, help highlight the possibilities and limitations of FWI as currently understood? Yeah, no, I think they fit very nicely. And so there's some of the things I, would, I was reading through them, and I, some of the, the, the things I talked about in terms of the, the challenges we still see, I think they all fit very nicely into sort of, they're all looking at those challenges or, or examining them. So, I mean, particularly the challenge we, we have of, dealing with the nonlinearity of the, the, of the inversion. We're now trying to, we're trying to sort of come to an answer to a very, very complicated nonlinear system with millions, millions of variables, essentially. So the papers, particularly, you know, the papers by Son and Al-Khalifa, the Young et al. paper, the Ramos Martinez et al. paper, they all are trying to look at different methods to try and deal with that and deal with the cycle skipping and deal with that nonlinear nature and essentially enable us to sort of navigate, you know, through this very complicated objective function and somehow find the right place to be the most likely Earth model, basically, that we get from the data. I mean, the couple of the other papers, the Tiwari paper, Tiwari et al. paper, and the Wang et al. paper, they're all about one of the really difficult things, which is, that, again, these very, is dealing with, is getting FWI working well in high contrast areas where there's high contrast bodies with three-dimensional geometry salt big salt bodies particularly. And they're looking, you know, they, they, they both sort of go into that and look at that particular challenge. And so I think, I think the papers as a whole, the, all the papers as a whole do fit sort of very nicely together because they all sort of say, okay, this is sort of where FWI needs to go. These are the things we still need to do with FWI to make it really get, get all the potential out that it, it still has. So I, you said challenge quite a few times there across these papers. Is, did you, is that the common theme you saw across the papers? Did you notice something else? I think the, the common theme is, is, I think the common theme is, it, I, I suppose challenge is a good word. The common theme is, you know, after where I can do so much, yeah, but getting, you know, getting, getting to sort of the, the, the answer we want and getting it to sort of converge to the most, most likely model of the earth from the data it can be quite difficult. And quite a lot of that involves, you know, a good starting model and involves um, sort of, as I said, the, the inversion, helping the inversion navigate what is a very, very difficult sort of uh, uh, inversion process. And uh, yes, it is, you know, those, those, are, those are sort of algorithmic challenges. The, the, the stuff about the subsalt is, you know, there's big prizes there. You know, people, people talk about that a lot. People, you know, there's been recent, press releases from BP and things like that saying about how important FWI has been to them in terms of big billion, billion dollar barrel sort of billion barrel sort of discoveries in the, in the Gulf of Mexico. And they're all around complicated 3D salt bodies. So complicated 3D salt bodies, complicated 3D bodies with high contrast, with high, you know, high impedance contrast, they're big economic prizes. And, you know, FWI Straight out of the box, least squares refraction FWI does not work well there. You know, so all the other things we have to try and do to make it work well there, we're using the reflection FWI, using travel time approaches, all those things, and also getting good data 
I mean, it's really, really fundamentally important. Getting good data, they all fit together with those. What do you see as the road ahead for FWI? I think I think there's sort of two sort of key themes. I mean, one of them is is right now because of the, and historically has always been because of the cost of it. We've essentially sort of it's been almost like a, a single shot. You've gone okay. I'm starting with the starting model. I'm going to run lots of iterations, and then I'll end up at some final model. And I hope that final model is the right one because I hope I've navigated my way through my objective function. I found the global minima. Everybody's happy. Yeah. Now. Firstly, if we want to make a measure of uncertainty, that's not the best way to go. And secondly, it's not necessarily the best way to go anyway. So perhaps more and more as, as we get, again, the compute helps us do this, we're going to move to much more what you call a global optimization or a stochastic approach, basically. So instead of starting with one model, maybe we'll start with 10, maybe we'll start with 1,000, maybe we'll start with a million. You know, you know. Um, then we let them all work their way through the data and come up with, okay, uh, instead of a, a, a single model, a probability density function of models, a, a, you know, a, a model space where we say, okay, this is the most likely model, but we now have a measure of the model space. And that brings uncertainty in. You know, we talked about uncertainty earlier on. That says, okay, this is where you know, we now can then quantify the uncertainty because we can see essentially how big that model space is, the likely model space is. So I think that's one of the key things to, for the future of FWI. And the other key thing uh, and is, is better data to go in. You know, we know you can go back to sort of, um, you know, look at sort of fundamental physics and the fundamental physics of, you know, where the information is carried in waves and so on and so forth with relative to frequency. We know that the more low frequencies we have, the better the low frequencies are recorded, the better signal to noise there is in the low frequencies there is in our data, the better we're going to be able to resolve bound the, what's between the boundaries in the earth. The high frequencies in the earth are really good at telling us where the boundaries are and how hard those boundaries are, yeah? But they don't tell us what's between those boundaries. It's a relative, this is a relative impedance, essentially. The low frequencies tell us what's between the boundaries. They go, okay, this is, you know, that's where the information is. And that information goes away very quickly as you sort of chop off those low frequencies. That information gets destroyed quite quickly. So those low frequencies are really important. So better acquisition of low frequencies, along with long offsets and rich azimuths as well. So you want all of those. You don't just want low frequencies. You want lots of offset because actually it's all about the wave number content. And actually you want full azimuths as well because you wanted to do this in complex three-dimensional bodies generally. So you want a lot of azimuthal coverage. And I think that lends itself to ocean bottom nodes, which again is the thing we're seeing a lot more in the industry. So ocean bottom nodes, because ocean bottom nodes, we can have, it's much easier, much more economic to have long offsets and lots of azimuths with those. And if we can then make sure that they can, they've got good enough receivers that they can receive lots of low frequencies, and then our, our sources are, are good at giving low frequencies, then I think we can get the optimum data for FWI. So I think that's a key thing as well, is actually the data we put in, like any, any geophysical algorithm, the data we put in is just vastly important. So that and more stochastic approaches, that's, I think that's the future. What should I have asked you that I did not? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good question. Um, you see, there's the, the other, I think, I think the other thing, the, the other thing that is, is, is important in the future as well, probably, is what people refer to as closed-loop solutions. 
And closed loop solutions are where we bring the model build, which is the, F, the FWI is essentially a model building process and the imaging together. So essentially, instead of just having this process, just model build, model build, model build, model build, and then we image with it, we have the imaging and, and the model building as part of essentially one inversion scheme. So you update not just the, the earth model, but you're actually updating the image as well and using the updates in the image as part of the process. So essentially you bring together FWI and least squares imaging, which are the sort of the two big strands really now in terms of imaging and model building development. And you bring them together into a, a, some form of single solution. So a lot of people are working on things like that. Um, joint migration inversion, JMI is an example of that and things like that. So that's actually a very, a very important avenue forward. Um, it's not strictly FWI on its own, it's FWI plus other things and bring, bring it together. And it, and it may be that in five years, 10 years time, we don't talk about FWI at all. Mm. We just talk about a closed loop solution where what was FWI is, is, part, is part of that. The thing where we, we try and vault, invert from the data towards an earth model is actually part of a, a whole solution, a whole sort of different solution. And those type of solutions as well, because I mean, FWI, you know, does offer us the opportunity to use lots of bits of the data. And so not just the primaries, the multiples, and then bring the surface, you know, with, with tweaks, you can bring the surface waves in and so on and so forth. Bring that all together with an imaging solution, essentially, we have a closed loop solution where we can use as much of the data as possible. So I think that's, I think that's quite a, yeah, you could ask me about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, that's, I think that's, that's, again, that's really important. I think closed loop solutions are going to be, are going to be very important going forward. Any other final remarks before we leave? I don't think so. I think, I mean, I hope, I, 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 one of the things that we try and convey in the paper, um, when myself and Ian talk about it, I mean, Ian obviously has been spent much of the last year as, the, as, a, as you, you know, one of the traveling lecturers for the AG talking and written a book about FWI. So I think what, what <laughs> we, we try and bring, bring through is, is you know, we, we think it's, very, it's still interesting and exciting there's still lots to be done it's not sort of a, a finished thing and there's still a lot to, to be understood about the value it brings and what you know what what fwi can do so you know we try and be you know make sure everybody still feels the enthusiasm well that is important i appreciate your enthusiasm it definitely comes across well thanks dr Britton. it's been a pleasure no it's no problem at all pleasure to talk to you at seg.org slash podcast, you will find the complete show notes for this episode. Follow Seismic Sound off at seg.org slash podcast to hear new episodes or subscribe for free on your phone. Original music by Zach Bridges. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by me, Andrew Gary. The SEG podcast team is Jennifer Crockett, Ashley Rodriguez, Allie McGinnis, and Mick Sweeney with additional support from Kathy Gamble. Special thanks to Ion Geophysical for sponsoring this episode. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.